Welcome to the Women Working Online Podcast. This is the place where you come to learn about tips, tricks, and strategies related to running a flexible, financially freeing, and fulfilling virtual assistance business. I am your host, Nancy Kwamboka, a serial entrepreneur and a podcast manager with a teacher's heart. Hello and welcome back. I am finally back home. I am so happy to be back home. I had taken a long break, uh, about three weeks, almost a month, and now I am officially back to work and back to recording. And I hope you've had a beautiful start to the new year. So today I want us to talk about some of the things that you should know before you start your virtual assistance business. So this information that I'm going to share is based on some of the things that I wish someone told me about running a virtual assistance business. And it's the kind of information that I know if I was told or rather if I came across this kind of information early enough, I would have been able to scale my business. I would have been able to establish a business that I currently have and I would have been able to um, work with clients that I really love early on as opposed to uh, three years in. Um, if you're new here, you probably are not aware that I pivoted or rather I niched down into podcast management after being a general VA for over three years. I have been running my podcast management business for about three years now and it's something that I really enjoy doing. So number one, being a virtual assistant is hard work. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of hard work. As a virtual assistant, you are starting out as an individual. It's not like you already have a team or anything like that. You're starting out as a sole proprietor, if I may say so. So what does this mean? If, uh, for example, you decide to create or rather to have a website to showcase your business, you will have to create it by yourself or you will have to find money and outsource this to someone else that already knows how to go about creating websites. If you would want to start posting on your social media pages, if you'd want to start like taking photos, recording videos, you will have to do all this by yourself Maybe if you have someone around like a sister, brother, or um, better half, you can have them help you around. But um, the task of like going through all this and setting the foundation of your business will squarely be on you. And also as a virtual assistant who is just starting out and you will be a business owner. And what this means is that you will have to be the one thinking strategically about where to find clients, how to attract clients, how to get started on working with clients, and all the things that go into the, the running of a successful virtual assistance business. Number two, I wish someone told me that working from home is not as rosy as uh, some people paint it. Well, it's not that I am complaining, but then this is the kind of information that you wish you know firsthand. For example, during lockdown, I know a majority of us experienced lockdown and how um, being in the house 24-7 can affect you or how boring it can get. So as a virtual assistant, you'll mostly 
be working from home. I'm assuming you are doing this full time unless you decide to do this as a side hustle. Then, of course, at least you'll be doing it during um, after you are nine to five. But if you'll be doing virtual assistance as a full time hustle, you'll probably be working from home all the time. And over time, it gets boring. It gets and you might want to go out and experience a different environment so what i normally do like for me in my case i usually go out to co-working spaces and there are quite a number of them in nairobi this is where i live and during this time i get to interact with different people i get to work from a different workspace and i just get to experience a different environment really rejuvenates my soul and another thing is that as a virtual assistant, you will have to be able to sell your services in an unselsy way. This means that you will be the marketer of your business. You're the one who will be trying to go out there and convincing prospective clients to work with you. This means you're the one who will be creating the content. For example, if you decide to use social media to attract your clients, You'll be expected to come up with the kind of content that goes out. You'll be expected to come up with a schedule that works for you and for your business. And as a result, you'll find out that um, at the end of it all, whatever you're trying to do is trying to sell your business, your services. You're trying to put information out there to people that you are a business owner and this is the kind of services you do and this is how you can help them. And so they should think about working with you. The other thing is that as a virtual assistant or an, a virtual assistance business owner, I have realized that I don't have to work with everyone. This is why niching down to a particular service and to a particular kind of clientele that you want to serve is really important because going back to creating content that attracts clients to work with you if you have niched down to the kind of clients you want to work with you're able to tailor make and customize the kind of content that goes out so that you're able to attract your ideal clients so for example let's say if you decide to niche down to a bookkeeper for say life coaches or uh, say maybe an accountant for small business owners or maybe say if I for example have niched down to podcast management for uh, coaches and as a result I have found it so easy to attract clients because the kind of uh, information the kind of content that goes out and even the kind of copy that goes into your website will be speaking directly to your ideal clients so as a result I have realized that and this is um, say I have run my business for six years, but three years as a podcast management business. I have realized that I don't have to work with everyone. And it's not that I will be limiting myself as to the number of clients I'll be having access to. It's just that I'll have access to my ideal clients and the, my content, my copy will be speaking directly to the pain points that I solve to my ideal or rather for my ideal clients and another thing about being a virtual assistant is that when especially when starting out you'll think that uh, having the lowest prices are what will attract clients to work with you well well that may not be false it's not very true as a virtual assistant one of the reasons as to why you start 
this business is that you want to work for a small amount of time but making the most amount of money that you can so when you lower your prices you'll be attracting the kind of clients that will be such a headache okay based on my experience i have realized that clients who pay top dollar are clients who are not a headache are clients who i really love working with are clients who have a system in place and so our working relationship is quite st streamlined and no time is wasted between the back and forth and trying to understand what should i do what should come next when should i edit this episode when should i post it so clients who are willing to spend a good amount of money are clients who are easy to work with and that is based on experience so before you start your virtual assistance business or even after you start your virtual assistance business and this is something i tell even my students in my classes is that you don't have to charge the lowest rate for you to attract a client and there's something that i have come to realize over time is that a lot of clients associate what they pay for to the kind of quality they get many of them believe that if they pay uh, people who charge less there's a very high chance that the kind of quality, like the quality of work they're going to receive is not going to be so good. And also it's very easy for them to like get rid of you should anything change in their business because they feel that this is a by the way, like their VA is just a by the way. But when you charge top dollar, it means that your client is committed to getting quality, to getting value out of the money they are investing. And there's a very high chance that these are the kind of clients who are serious about their business. In my experience, the kind of clients who purchase my premium packages are the clients who are committed to publishing episodes consistently. And these are the clients I really love working with. The other thing I have come to learn about running a virtual assistance business is that it is an experience that is rewarding and can be frustrating at the same time. So, for example, when you get to sign up a new client, that's an experience that you everyone looks forward to signing up new clients. But then when you lose your clients, when you find clients who are a headache, that is the time that uh, your VA business can be a headache and frustrating. And how do you deal with this? First, you need to have a consistent laid out plan on how you are going to attract clients. And one of the errors that one of the mistakes that most virtual assistants make is starting to look for clients after they lose their previous clients. But this should not be the case. What should you do? Even when you're fully booked, continue posting on your social media pages, continue advertising your services, continue providing value in the groups to which you belong. And when you lose a client, it will be very easy to replace this client because you already have content that is attractive to your clients. You've already established a relationship with clients who would love to work with you. The other thing which is very important and I wish I knew this early on about running a VA business is that you have to be really good at setting boundaries and setting them early on. Otherwise, if you don't do this, you'll find yourself working over the weekend. You will find yourself working 
uh, even when say it's time for family or it's time for dinner you'll just find yourself on your phone on a laptop working 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 responding to emails responding to messages from your clients establishing boundaries early on and having this in your contract is really helpful because i for example uh, my clients know that i am not available over the weekend and regardless of how urgent an email is i will respond to the email on monday morning and it's because usually during the weekend i don't check my emails and it's because i know that i don't expect anyone to contact me over the weekend because during our onboarding during our discovery call this is something i put out there that if someone decides to work with me they should know that they will not get hold of me over the weekend and it's something i have come to learn over time that clients who respect your boundaries are clients who you love to work with and for clients to respect your boundaries you have to set them because if you haven't told them that during the weekend you're not available or during maybe if you go on vacation you won't be available these are things that if you don't put them out there clients won't know and as far as the weekends being off on the weekend is concerned you have to plan yourself you have to make sure that the kind of work that the class needs to be done is done before you log off yeah so it's a two way thing it's you communicating and creating an environment for you to be able to set boundaries and stick to them and also having your clients understand that this is a the time they are able to get hold of you for example you can let your clients know that if they send you an email they should expect a response within 24 hours especially for example during the night in Kenya that is when most clients are awake because it's daytime especially if you get to work with clients from the US you'll find that during the day their time is when we are asleep so if you put it out there that they'll expect they'll expect a response from you in 24 hours you are sure that within 24 hours you've slept you've woken up you've logged in to your emails and you're able to respond to their messages another thing i have also found really helpful is my clients know that if we have to have a video call they should schedule this 48 hours in advance and this does not count the weekends because i don't work on weekends so this is another boundary that i have created i have established with my clients and it's something that i wish i knew earlier and i believe sharing this will help you a uh, launch and run a business that you will enjoy working in a business that has boundaries in place and uh, clients who respect these boundaries these are the seven things that i really wish i knew early on and if there's anything else that i have not mentioned feel free to comment in the comment section and if there's anything else you'd like for me to talk about feel free to also suggest that in the comment section 